Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. That was Joe Fortenbaugh's appearance on This Just In today with Max Kellerman when Joe forgot to turn on the studio lights. Last time I pick up that phone call when they reach out and ask if I can help that show out. No way. Turn the lights off on me. Mock me. Send all this out into the ether. Everyone at ESPN Radio having a good time. I got a message for Ryan Matlack, by the way. Uh, He had so much. Canadian. He had so much fun with this on Twitter. It would be a shame if his beloved Maple Leafs got eliminated tonight and he had to hear from me for the next, oh, I don't know, five weeks straight sending text messages because I've been known to do such a thing. Would be an absolute shame if they couldn't come back to win, by the way. Well, listen. And things are going well for Matlack right now. Uh, the Panthers up on his Maple Leafs. Two goals to none. Oh, uh, we tough. will continue to keep you updated on that game. But let's talk about a trade that just went down in the NFL. The Browns have agreed to trade for Vikings linebacker Zedarius Smith, according to Jake Trotter. A source has told our very own Jake Trotter, who confirmed an NFL Network report, Smith is a three-time Pro Bowler. So the Browns get Zedarius Smith, a 2025 sixth rounder, a 2025 seventh rounder. In return, the Vikings get a 2024 fifth rounder and a 2025 fifth rounder. Does this have significance to you, Joe, that now the pass rusher will be on Cleveland? Absolutely worth mentioning because Smith wanted out of Minnesota and Minnesota is a lousy defense to begin with. They scored a ton of points last year. Their problem was defense. So now one of their top pass rushers didn't want to stick around. So they traded him. They got a couple fifth round picks. Great. Now he's going to rework the contract possibly. I believe he's set for free agency next year. So we'll see how that plays out. But Cleveland's going to take a shot. And Cleveland should take a shot because last season they ranked, I believe, 19th or 20th in scoring defense. They didn't get as many stops as they would like. And to put Zedaria Smith opposite Miles Garrett gives them a formidable pass rush. You have to remember, Smith is a guy who racked up 13 and a half sacks with Green Bay back in 2019, went to the Pro Bowl, racked up 12 and a half sacks the following year in 2020, again with Green Bay, went to the Pro Bowl, only played in one game in 2021, had an injury, and then bounced back last year with Minnesota and racked up double-digit sacks again. So he finished ninth, I believe, in comeback player of the year voting. That's a formidable get for Cleveland at a cheap price to boost a position of need. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Lakers host the Warriors, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Curry right corner three. It's good. Their first triple of the second half, and the Warriors now lead by 14. L.A. still leading the series 3-2 as we head south to Los Angeles for a sixth game on Friday night. 
So the Warriors force a game six. The series ain't over yet. The Lakers only have to win one. The Warriors have to win two. The problem for the Los Angeles Lakers, Joe, is that these Warriors just don't go away. And it's and by these Warriors, I mean like these Warriors for the last decade. <laughs> they just don't go away. This is the same team that has never lost a series, never, ever lost a playoff series when Draymond, Clay, and Steph play in every game of the series. This would be their first if they were to lose this series that way. Very, very stubborn team. They are a difficult team to eliminate, and the Lakers haven't done it quite yet. If memory serves me correctly, and don't necessarily quote me on this stat, but if memory serves me correctly, I believe the Golden State Warriors have won at least one road playoff game in 28 consecutive series. The part I mean, don't quote me on, is the 28 consecutive series. It might be 26, it might be 27, it's somewhere in that range. But think about that for a minute. 28, potentially, road series. Series in a row where they have won at least one game on the road. They have yet to win a game on the road against the Lakers. And that is where they are going to face them tonight. A place where they've already lost twice in this series. A place where the Lakers have not only won, but covered the point spread in each game in this series. What the Lakers are doing is twofold. Most importantly, they are slowing down the game when they play at home. The Warriors want to get out. The Warriors want to run. The Warriors want to try to tire out AD and LeBron James. It's tough for the big man to run. So go small, get out, run, and hopefully put him in a position where he's, I'm not going to say a liability on defense, but I'm going to say not as effective on defense because he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. When you look at the pace metrics for this series, And pace is a metric that is essentially the amount of possessions you have per game. The more possessions you have per game, presumably the more shots you have per game. The more shots you have per game, presumably the more scoring you do per game. When you move slow, you have a lower pace metric. And that's what we've seen in these two home games for the Lakers. They are dragging the pace down dramatically. They are forcing the Warriors into these sets where Steph Curry can't get comfortable. He can't get his shots off. The Lakers can get their defense set. And they are put in a favorable situation to win these games. What worries me for the Lakers outside of trying to break that mold by getting out and playing fast is whether or not they will have the ability to score with someone not named Steph Curry. Because Clay Thompson's last three games have been a disaster. Draymond Green scored 20 points last night, but we had a situation where that 20 points is an absolute outlier for Draymond Green. Absolute outlier. In his last 69 playoff games, 69 playoff games, he has scored 20 points three times. You cannot count on that happening yet again. So we can't count on Draymond to score a lot of points. We don't know if we can count on Clay. Jordan Poole has been a complete disaster in this series. Virtually unplayable. Virtually unplayable, averaging about eight points per game. If AD's so what out we there, have, the Lakers are the better team. I do. I mean, the, the game four, the end of the game four, for a team that's coming off a championship, it was one of the most bizarre endings there. Like the shot selection from Clay, from, from Curry – um, like the lack of self-awareness, I just think I think the Lakers are just a little more a little more in sync here, um, and so I, I I'm not, I don't trust Golden State. I don't I don't trust them at all going into into Los Angeles and winning a game six here. Certainly, we they saw it in the in the um, in the Sacramento series. They can do it here, but man, I mean, from a depth standpoint, you know, one to 
10. Um, I don't know what I'm going to get from Jordan Poole. I'm, I'm going to say the Lakers right now. And how can you disagree? That's Bob, Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining Fitz and Harry earlier today. How are you going to be able to help Steph Curry score tonight? Because he's been struggling. He's not giving you that 50-burger that he produced in Game 7 against the Sacramento Kings. Somebody else is going to have to step up. Is it going to be Game 6, Clay? Because he's shooting 29% over the last three games. Speaking of which, time for some pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, we promised you earlier in the show we would update you on the Pizza Money overall standings. We had the race earlier to get the Knicks picks in. Here's where we stand after the last show. Three and four was the production value of the last show, minus 108 units. Overall as a show, 111 wins, 101 defeats, plus 14.86 units. So a healthy profit, but it's been a really shaky week. Pizza Money number four, we're laying the three with the Lakers tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Lakers have been favored twice in this series coming into this game. And you know what? They won both those games. They covered both those games. I don't think Steph's going to get enough help from a scoring perspective. Clay has gone MIA. Jordan Poole has gone MIA. I don't see Draymond, as mentioned earlier, scoring 20 points again. I think the Lakers are going to be able to slow down the pace in this matchup and ultimately cover the three points. Pizza money number four, Lakers minus three over the Warriors. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Despite everything Doc Rivers was telling us earlier in the week, the 76ers couldn't close out the Celtics in last night's Game 6 showdown at home. That is what we're going to talk about next. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Live from New York, not us, and actually not the Knicks Heat game either. Game six, first quarter winding down. At the moment, it's the Knicks 31, the Heat 24, and the high-scoring first quarter that we all thought it would be. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Wait Radio. Welcome back to the show. Uh, it is a free throw shooting contest in this matchup in Miami tonight. As we've already seen the Knicks go 11 for 11 from the line while Miami's gone 7 for 8. Are you with me? I'm with you. I am here. Hey. I have now turned off the heat game because I don't know if watching my heat is what's zapping all my internet and making me unable to do this show. <laughs> we have turned off every device in my household. I have restarted my internet. I have done all of the things, including uh, just trying to take every ounce of joy away from any of us in my household tonight watching basketball. So hopefully we'll see if we can hold up here on Joe and Amber a little bit better than the heat have been holding up in this one. It's such a boring series. It really is for the average basketball fan. 
We thought I, it was going to be so much more exciting to this. I think we thought it'd be more competitive. The problem is it's a 3-2 series where the Knicks are leading in game six. That gives you the illusion that it's a very competitive series. The problem is that the games aren't necessarily tight. We've seen blowouts. You're not getting any of these moments at the end of the game where it's a buzzer beater opportunity or anything like that. Like Philly, Boston has had a little bit of that, but you're not getting any of that in this series. Unfortunately, Golden State LA has been similar. It's a 3-2 series. The Warriors are going to try to tie it up uh, tonight in LA, but that has not been a good series. It's pretty much been route after route. Yeah, you're right in terms of the competitive nature of that series. This one, though, has been lacking the offense generally. So just from a basketball perspective, I don't feel like we're watching good basketball from the Heat or from the Knicks. And I love my Heat. So that's saying a lot, me saying that. I just don't feel like they're putting their best foot forward in this series. You are getting a better foot forward in some of these other series. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com, a series that's been confusing is the 76ers Celtics series. They've traded opportunities to not show up on given nights. It seemed like the seas were dead in the water, and then the Sixers just gave them life. I, as a Sixers fan, have no idea where to begin with this. It is the same old team, except earlier this week, I was told by head coach Doc Rivers that suddenly this was a different team. I believe the commentary was something along the lines of, you know, in the past, we didn't necessarily have the killer instinct. We weren't able to finish. Now we're different. Now we finish. Now other teams realize that. And then last night, they didn't finish. They got outscored 24 to 13 in the fourth quarter and blew a golden opportunity to advance to the conference finals, something they have been unable to do in this trust the process era. I think the most important thing to take away is that Boston just played a game in which Jason Tatum was 5 of 21. He was putrid, 5 of 21. Jalen Brown scored 17 points. The two superstars, one had a terrible shooting night, the other one, eh, shooting night was okay, but he only scored 17. And the Celtics still beat the Sixers by 9 points. If that is the layup that you're going to be gifted at this stage of the NBA playoffs and you are going to be unable to close, it is going to be very difficult to have any confidence, any confidence whatsoever in this team winning game seven, or if they should, going on to the next round and winning. And if they should do that, going on to the next round and winning. Because this, this inept inability to figure things out will never go away. Stephen A. Smith, ESPN host, you know him. I want to play this audio here on what just happened with the Sixers Celtics game last night. Devastating doesn't even begin to describe it. This is a franchise that hasn't been to the finals since 2001. They've been desperately trying to reclaim the glory they once felt. They had the best opportunity they've had in over 22 years, and they blew it. And now they've got to go back to Boston. So it comes down to which team is going to show up, the Sixers from Game 5 in Boston or the Celtics from Game 6 in Philly. He speaks for all of us, Amber. He speaks for all of us. Yeah, I think a lot of people are confused about which version of this team is going to show up. Your close personal personal friend, Stephen A. Smith, he said it well. Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, knows a thing or two about being in Game 7s. He blamed the issues there on the fact that they aren't trusting themselves enough. I don't think we trust it very well. Um, you know, it's a make-miss league, and they were um, – 15 for 35 from the three, and we were 8 for 34. I would say we had a lot of wide-open threes. Uh, we didn't make them. Uh, I didn't like how we played overall offensively, though. 
down the stretch, you know, got to play through your big fella more. Didn't think the ball went there. Um, so I have to watch the film, but I just didn't think we had a game of great trust tonight. Um, you know, I thought our guys all wanted to win. Uh, they played that way, and sometimes I think that gets in your way, and I thought that happened tonight. So it was interesting there what he said at the very end of that, that you got to play through your big guy more. You didn't think the ball got there enough. Joel Embiid also didn't feel like the ball got there enough. Here is the 76er center. We had a lot of wide open shots. Uh, we didn't make them. We stopped moving the ball. I think, I don't think I touched the ball the last four minutes of the game. Like I said, missed a lot of good looks. I didn't touch the ball at all. What, which, let, me, let me jump in. What's that supposed to mean? Is that him after the game complaining? Did they not have a single clock stoppage at any point over the last four and a half minutes of this game where he couldn't have addressed his team and said, get me the ball? Kobe would have done that. Jordan would have done that. This guy just won the MVP award. Passively, aggressively telling the media, I don't know. I mean, four and a half minutes. I don't, I don't think I touched the ball at the end of the game. What do you mean you don't know? Why don't you tell someone something? Why don't you call for the ball? Why don't you take over the game? You're the guy. You're the guy. You call yourself the process. You're the one that is supposed to be the emblem of all of this. There it is. You've never gotten past the second round. It's a big running joke in Philadelphia how every year you'll win in the first round and you'll lose in the second. And there you were at home with it teed up on a silver platter with the MVP award still warm in your living room because you just accepted it. And what? They just didn't get you the ball in the last four minutes, and that's that. There's nothing you could do about it. You're just going to go quietly into the night. That's the problem with this team right there in a nutshell. We don't know whose fault it was that he didn't get the ball, but he apparently didn't call for it, and no one did anything about it. And now the Celtics, despite playing a miserable game where they shot 42% from the field, somehow pull off a nine-point win on the road to force a Game 7. It makes you sick if you're a Sixer fan because it's the same damn thing every year. It is the same thing every year. It's why I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to the Philadelphia 76ers because we have a tendency to overreact game in and game out to the emotional swing of this series. And it's like, all right, Doc Rivers said, what, two days ago? This isn't the same old Sixers team? Well, it's starting to look like the same old Sixers team. This is certainly how the same old script goes with this 76ers team. It's funny because, you know, who's not out here complaining about getting the ball more is the joker he's just over there putting up historic numbers and and winning his series Joel Embiid is complaining about it and you're absolutely right why does anybody need to even take time out like he doesn't need like they don't need to call the time out to have that conversation he's a Joel Embiid like yo Tyrese give me the ball you know it's not St. James Give me the ball. Uh, yeah, me, trust me, me. Harden. Me. Me, me, Harden me. does not want to shoot late. Harden does not want to shoot late in a crucial game. We all know that. Harden's looking to pass the ball. Absolutely looking to pass the ball. Uh, if Joel Embiid is the reigning MVP, he should be demanding that ball. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, who is under the most pressure in the NFL this next upcoming season? We will get into that. Plus, we will continue to keep you up to date on the NHL action where the Panthers are up right now on the Maple Leafs and, of course, the NBA action as well with Heat Knicks well underway. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson here on ESPN Radio. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Do I sound different, Joe? You do, but you sound just as charming as ever, no matter what the oh. Tech okay, issues in Florida. This is what Jalen Rose was talking about with the weather, but we're battling through. <laughs> That's what we do in these parts. I am not doing the radio show from my cell phone, which I really didn't even know was possible. But now that I know it's possible, why am I not traveling the world doing Joe yeah. and Amber? Like, what is this? This yeah. is information I didn't have until a few minutes ago. I could just be anywhere in the world right now on myself. I'm not even attached to Wi-Fi. I'm just over here doing a radio show. All the freedom in the world. Look at that. I think I'm calling the bosses after this show. Things are about to change. The worst thing that ever happened to program directors and radio producers around the country was radio hosts finding out they could do their shows from anywhere, pretty much at any time. Just set them up with this technology, which has apparently been around forever. No one wanted to reveal it. And now everyone's just living the dream as you plan to do. We should try to find as many exotic locations that you can do this show from. A yacht in the harbor of Monte Carlo for a Formula One race? Check. From the Maldives? Check. From the Great Barrier Reef? Check. A lot of these are very tropical destinations, by the way. You're welcome. I'm not sending you to Siberia. I do appreciate that very much so. Uh, I don't know the Great Barrier Reef. I mean, there's probably some limitations when water is involved. uh, So we would certainly have to be probably on a boat on the Great Barrier Reef. Yes. Uh, Certainly some limitations as well, maybe potentially, for Sports Illustrated's latest cover. Have you seen this? I want to talk about the schedule release, but... Have you seen Sauce Gardner on Sports Illustrated? I have seen the cover, and I'm still trying to figure... I have. I'm still trying to figure out whether or not it's a joke because it doesn't look real. It doesn't look like the type of cover that that would be approved where you have a bunch... I'm assuming Sports Illustrated cover, when you make the decision on it, there are multiple people looking at it, and then they all decide collectively, this is the photo we're going with. This does not look like a bunch of people could have come together and said, yeah, this is the one because it's odd. Do you want to describe it for the people? So it's Sauce Gardner, and obviously his name is Sauce. So he's on the cover, allegedly, of Sports Illustrated, and his hand is dripping with Sauce. But the problem is Sauce, which, you know, like Italians will refer as to tomato sauce as just Sauce, right? And so it's they call sauce. it gravy. They it's actually call it gravy. Sauce. Oh, that's true. The Italian thing is gravy. Well, I assume this is aren't you I, Italian? It's supposed to be tomato sauce, right? Aren't no, you Italian? Italian? I was gonna say that would have just been yeah. shockingly bad. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, so go ahead. So I, I, he's I, got the sauce on his hand. Uh, the Italians would call it gravy. Yes. And then okay, well, whatever. Somebody calls it sauce, tomato sauce. It's bre- It's red. So this sauce is, is red, and it's kind of like a deep red, and, and it has sort of the consistency, though, of blood. And so it, it, it sort of just looks like Sauce Gardner dips his hand in blood. 
It looks like his hand is dipped in blood. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Now, sauce doesn't just have to be red. There's a, a, there are white sauces. There are pesto sauces. There are lots of different colored sauces in the world. So to not only recommend going with the sauce that looks like blood, but then to have him dip his hand in it with no bowl in the frame, no ladle in the frame, no plate. There's nothing else that would give you context that it's sauce other than his name. If you just looked at this picture and you didn't know who it was and there were no words, you would think, okay, there's a guy who dipped his hand in blood. Why is he showing it to me? Did he just kill someone or something? That would be your question. You wouldn't be thinking, oh, yeah, that's a football player. And, uh, you know, he's a big pasta fan. His nickname is Sauce. Uh, Yeah, so anyways, an interesting choice there if in fact that cover that's been circulating all over social media is a real cover i want to get into something interesting that sauce gardner said uh coming off the nfl schedule release but first joe is going to try to earn you a little bit more money pizza money alert pizza pizza bit of a high wire act here not for the faint of stomach and certainly not going to win me any friends in my current location of las vegas nevada but Here we go. The Edmonton Oilers on the puck line, ladies and gentlemen, at a price of plus 175. What that means is that the Warriors, the Warriors, the Oilers need to win this game by two or more goals. That's the puck line. It's essentially a spread in hockey. We need to win by two or more goals. And if we do, it pays plus 175, which means a $100 wager would return $175 in profit. Why do we like this? Well, look at the trajectory of the series. It's exactly the same as what we saw in Edmonton's previous series against the LA Kings. They lose game one, check. They win game two, check. They lose game three, check. They win game four, check. And then they flip the script in game five and take control of the series with a big win. I believe they beat LA 6-3 or 6-2 in game five. And I think that happens again tonight for the Oilers. Keep in mind, Four of their six playoff wins have come by two or more goals and a big blow to the Knights tonight. No Alex Petrangelo. He has been suspended for this game. Pizza money number five. It's the Oilers on the puck line plus 175 over the Golden Knights. So the NFL schedule was released, obviously. Joe did a two-hour special on ESPN Plus for the NFL schedule release. Uh, Lots of excitement around the upcoming NFL schedules. We know the New York Jets have a very different look to them now that Aaron Rodgers is in town. Sauce Gardner, also a new look now that he's got a new quarterback. And he, on the NFL schedule release show, joined the show and had something interesting to say about his New York Jets. Uh, It ain't no pressure for me. Like We're just going to give it our all like we did last year. We got to... We got a lot of a lot of time to just see how teams were attacking us last year. So we're just gonna we're gonna be even better. You know, we added some new pieces to our defense. Uh, Kosala, Jody, they all feel can really help our defense and help our team in general. So, you know, man, we're just looking forward to the season, but it's no pressure at all. Hmm. So Sauce Gardner says no pressure. No pressure, Joe. I mean, the Jets have Aaron Rodgers now. Feels like pressure. So here's how things like this work, especially in radio and TV. We hear a comment like that, and then we go ahead and debate whether or not that team does, in fact, have pressure. And then we'll probably come up with some ratings of who has the most pressure and who has the least pressure. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Sports Radio 101. One thing to note on this, though, is the Sauce Gardner mindset. It doesn't matter 
whether or not they actually have pressure or don't have any pressure. If Gardner's mindset is that there's no pressure, he's just going out to do his business, that's the mindset to have. Tune out the noise on the outside. What does it matter if the media puts pressure on you? If you're not thinking about that, if you're not worrying about that, if you don't care about that, you're already a leg up. That's exactly how you should think. So I respect the fact that he says that. Having said that, they do in fact have pressure on them. The Jets have been middling away for quite some time. The Giants have always been big brother in that city. The Yankees own the city. The Knicks, even if they stink, own that city. Those are the popular teams. The Jets kind of whittle away and stumble all over themselves. And every now and again, maybe there's a bone, like the Mark Sanchez, Rex Ryan, Bart Scott era. But for the most part, there's not a whole lot going on. Now you got Aaron Rodgers. You've got a solid defense. You've got some young weapons like Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, who was the offensive rookie of the year last season. You have Sauce Gardner on the defensive side, who was the defensive rookie of the year last season. You now have pressure. You now have expectations. You are going to be expected, at the very least, to make the postseason for this season to be considered a success. Anything short of the playoffs, in my opinion, is a failure for the Jets this year, and I do believe that's fair. Do you agree? I think that I understand from the Sauce Gardner personal perspective, there's no pressure. He's already become a breakout star in the NFL at the corner position. He's got years obviously left there on his contract. He's under no pressure. We all know Sauce is great. We know the future is Sauce Gardner, no matter what happens, frankly, with his team in the win-loss column this upcoming season. The Jets overall have a ton of pressure. I think Robert Sala has pressure to perform now that he has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and that defense behind him. But then also Aaron Rodgers has, what, a two-year window here with the New York Jets. They have to capitalize on this. This is why they made that trade. They pushed all their chips to the middle of the table. They've gone all in. The pressure is there to actually be successful in going all in and produce a Super Bowl ring. So, yes, the Jets have an enormous amount of pressure. Who else has pressure on them? this season from a team-wide perspective because I, mean, I think that I think the Buffalo Bills are an interesting conversation because I feel like that's an e- easy place to go in terms of pressure but what really changes if the Bills once again lose out in the playoffs Everything would change. To jump in there, since you uh, took a little bit of a hit, everything would change. I think when you look up and down the landscape of the NFL, of the 32 teams we're discussing right now, there's nobody with more pressure than the Buffalo Bills. And if you disagree, Triple H, say ESPN, which team entering the 2023 season is going to have the most pressure? Sauce Gardner says it's not the Jets. He's feeling no pressure. Triple H, say ESPN, will put you on the air. Buffalo has an extraordinary amount of pressure because they have something that a lot of teams don't have. They have a franchise quarterback who got the bag. Josh Allen's been paid. It's one thing when you're Justin Herbert and you're on the rookie deal. Even Joe Burrow's still on the rookie deal. But not Josh Allen. He's been paid. That team was in the AFC Championship game a few years ago against Kansas City, I believe, if memory serves me correctly. Then they got knocked out two years ago when we saw that, that incredible finale at Arrowhead Stadium. And then last year... They get beat without even making it to the AFC Championship game when many people picked them to win the AFC. Cincinnati went into their house and handled business in the snow. Buffalo, shockingly, was not equipped to play in the snow in the most ironic of all-time twists. So is it Buffalo? That's where I stand, but I think there are four or five other teams that you can make the case on. Give us a call. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Teams with the most pressure. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Also, Big T, spoiler alert, will Amber be back after the break? 
Or will that weather in Miami that Jalen Rose is always talking about not only take out the Knicks, but her as well? You're listening to Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First half is looking at itself in Miami right now saying, damn, that's a first half of basketball. This is what we've been waiting for in this series. At the half on ESPN from Miami, it's the Miami Heat 51, the New York Knicks 50. New York was up 31-24. to They had a seven-point lead after the first quarter. Thibodeau pulled Jalen Brunson to give him a blow, and Miami immediately went on a 10-0 run and took command of the quarter. It's been back-and-forth basketball the entire way. 23 total free throws in this game. Both teams shooting right around 45%. Miami 51, New York 50 from Miami in Game 6 of their Eastern Conference semifinals matchup. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Thank you for checking us out this evening. It is time for a little something we like to call Caller Roulette. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Caller Roulette with Joe and Amber. Look at those pesky Toronto Maple Leafs trying to scratch their way back in. Facing elimination, down three games to one at home for game five. The Leafs have scored. They're finally on the board. Florida, two. Toronto, one late in the second period. We'll see if anyone else on the Leafs can get into the zone. Get in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. That's how you pay the bills around these spots. Let's start with, is it Terrell or Terrell in Memphis? We're going to come to you and say, let's spin the wheel, and I'll make the decision on what the name is. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go with Terrell. Terrell in Memphis, am I right? No, you're wrong. You're like T.O.? Terrell. Damn, like T.O.? Yes. Yes. Now you see you why I'm a terrible. There? Now you see why I'm a terrible gambler. I'm doing awful. How you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. I heard you guys talk. I'm just getting off work. I heard you guys talking about which teams have the most pressure. Yeah. On them this year. What do you got? And I have three, man. I got three, and it's all, all right. following the money. Uh, of course, I got Aaron Rodgers. The Jets were supposed to be suited for the Super Bowl outside of the quarterback. If you look at what the defense gave up last year, the running game they have, and the weapons they have on the outside. It's a ton of pressure on Green Bay. It's a ton of pressure on uh, Cleveland. They spend all this money, all this guaranteed money on Deshaun Watson, the, the player that he was prior to him getting in trouble again with the defense that they have, 
Now they added another top defensive end rusher on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. They are supposed to be suited for the Super Bowl. We got another team that I'm talking about, which is the Baltimore Ravens. They've given uh, Lamar Jackson the bag. They've also given him offensive weapons on the outside to where he has no excuses now. These are the top three teams where I think they have the most pressure on them. Terrell, that's fantastic work. Feel free to call Joe and Amber anytime you like at Triple Eight Say ESPN. Fantastic work. Agree on the Jets. Baltimore, someone uh, Amber and I talked about off air before the show started for exactly that reason. Now that Lamar's been paid, it's time to produce in the playoffs. We know you can do it in the regular season. Time to produce in the playoffs. Interesting, Amber, on the Cleveland Browns. We didn't even think about mentioning them, which shows what our perception of that team is when it comes to pressure. Yeah, we went through this in the pre-show meeting, and I don't think anybody brought up the Cleveland Browns, but I wholeheartedly agree with Terrell there that the Cleveland Browns do have some pressure because this is the first season that we'll get, okay, full season, Deshaun Watson, he's ready to go. He was able to warm up second half last season. Like, this is the season that you expect Deshaun Watson to turn back into Houston Deshaun Watson. And we didn't get to see any of that in Cleveland thus far. It is a pretty decent Browns team. He referenced the trade they just made today. It's a decent Browns team around Watson. Also, don't forget the last time, now given it's been a long time, but the last time that we saw him for a significant period of time in an NFL uniform, play consistent football, he was also, by most people's standards, a top five quarterback in the league. I think they are a sneaky good bet this year. I think everyone's going to check out on them. They're going to think Deshaun Watson's washed. And based on the way they're priced, that's what the bookmakers are thinking. I think there's opportunity on a buy low in Cleveland because they pick up Zedarius Smith today to play opposite Miles Garrett. Smith had 10 sacks last year with Minnesota. That's a team that's going to win some games in what's going to be the most compelling division in the NFL. Spin the wheel. Gregory in Iowa. Gregory, how are the Iowa caucuses treating you this time of year? <laughs> Not too good. <laughs> what do you got for us tonight? Well, let me tell you something. Okay, look, everybody looks at the the, the best of the best and the greatest of the greatest. I've been listening to you guys for I don't even know how long, since my dad was alive. And I think it's funny because... Brock Purdy, he came out looking awesome. He did what San Francisco was hoping he would do. And that's fantastic. But everybody's got their hopes and their dreams on what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Whoop-de-doo. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers went from Green Bay Packers to the Jets. He's a choke artist. I'm sorry to say that online there. He's a choke artist. He's got one ring, and how long has he been with Green Bay Packers? You've been there a long so, time. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even trying to get on his case. But Dak Prescott, I thought he was great when he came out of college. He ain't done nothing. You know, Watson, Lamar Jackson was trying to get the same kind of contract he got. Didn't happen. He went back to Baltimore. He's going to be great with Baltimore. Now that he's got OBJ. He'd probably be even better. They'll probably make it to the playoffs. My point is, people look over Tampa Bay. They look over – a lot of people looking over Buffalo with Josh Allen. A lot of people looking over San Diego 
Gregory, we appreciate the phone call. It's a it's a two and a half hour radio show. It's two and a half hour radio show. If if you if we guide you under contract, we'd let you go a little bit further. But listen, you gave us plenty to respond to, and we appreciate it. We didn't mention the Dallas Cowboys, Amber. Mike McCarthy taking over play calling duties this year. Level of pressure in Big D. Tons of pressure. Always tons of pressure also because you've got the star in your helmet. So a lot of pressure there in Dallas, but also a lot of pressure because it's really, we say it every year though, like McCarthy's on the hot seat, but it feels like McCarthy would actually be on the hot seat this time now that he's taken over those duties. The numbers, triple eight say ESPN. We'll take your calls on anything. You got some bonus Joe and Amber tonight as we step into the world that is Freddie and Fitzsimmons in the next half hour. So we'll take your calls on anything. Is LeBron going to close it out tonight? Triple eight say ESPN. Are the Sixers cooked? Triple eight say ESPN. Are the Knicks going to come back and win this game? Triple eight say ESPN. The phone lines are open. It is your opportunity to speak to the nation with a limited amount of topics we are not going to open up the floor for everything i know where that is going it's a a limited amount of time we don't want to hear any of the takes in the political spectrum that will be for another day more of your calls triple eight say espn this is joe and amber on espn how many times do you think i can say espn before we finally throw it to commercial joe and amber the podcast last time i'm ever going on that show Kellerman invites me on, wants to know my opinion on the Giants, on the Knicks. I give it. They turn the lights out, and I look like some freak show in one of those documentaries where the person's too scared to reveal their face because the mob's coming after them, you so look they're like just you're completely a blacked protection. out. Witness I did, didn't I? Program. Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna build the brand if no one can see what you look like. <laughs> It's Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. A little role reversal here tonight, moving over into the, as they call it, driver's seat. Not really driving anywhere at the moment. Amber gets to sit in the hot take seat. She's going to give you the best analysis you've ever heard, or at least that you've heard in the last 90 seconds. A lot of action in the association tonight. Second half has resumed in Miami. Heat lead the Knicks 51 to 50, 11.30 to go in the third. We turn our attention and we're coming to the callers in a second. Hang tight. Triple eight say ESPN. We want your thoughts on the NBA and everything in between. Is this it? Is this the last time we see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green on the court together? The dynasty could come to an end tonight in Los Angeles. Lakers three point favorites. Over the Warriors, they lead the series three games to two. The Warriors have not won a road game yet in this series. The Warriors were putrid on the road all season long. Andrew Wiggins, questionable to play tonight, left costal cartilage fracture. That is a rib cartilage injury. Amber, is this the end? Sounds awful. Uh, Fractured cartilage sounds uh, just not fun at all for Andrew Wiggins. Huge loss there, obviously, for the Warriors. You have Anthony Davis coming off of the collision that he gets wheeled off the court in a wheelchair, but then he doesn't have to go into concussion protocol after all, so he is available in this game. I don't know how affected he's going to be by that, if at all. Uh, I don't Honestly, Joe, this one's hard for me to call because – There's a lot of things about this Warriors team 
that just makes it hard to bet against them simply because it's the Warriors. And a lot of that is based on their history and not necessarily anything they've done this season because this season they're atrocious on the road. This season, the Lakers absolutely should win this game, right? This season, the Warriors now being short-handed without Wiggins, and they do have some real deficiencies here. But that being said, it still is the team that has never lost a series when Draymond, Clay, and Curry has played in every game in this series. And it has been going for so many years. We've seen them in so many postseasons and win so many series. It almost feels unnatural betting against them tonight. Lakers-Warriors game six tonight. It's a hot ticket. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Who is going to step up to help Steph Curry tonight? That's got to be one of the big questions that the Warriors find an answer for if they're going to extend this series and send it back to the Bay. Steph has not been able to drop a 50-burger like he did in Game 7 against Sacramento. The Lakers have done a tremendous job of bottling him up. His over-under, a.k.a. total for made three-pointers per game, has been four and a half. He's not going over at all. He just can't get the good looks to fall during this series. Klay Thompson has been MIA over the last three games. I believe he's shooting 29% during that stretch. Jordan Poole has become unplayable. His minutes are down. He's averaging about eight points per game, despite the hundred-plus million-dollar contract he received last offseason. Draymond Green dropped 20 points in the last outing. Problem there is you can't bank on that night in and night out. Draymond Green has scored 20 or more points in just three of his last 69 playoff games. So if no one's going to step up for him, Amber, it could be a very easy night of work for the Lakers. I don't know who's going to step up, though. They've struggled on the road all season long. Well, that's the problem is that you need one of those guys, Alani Walker, to step up, right, with the Lakers as they need that help from their role players. From the Warriors' perspective, you mentioned some of the deficiencies there for the Warriors. You also, though, game six clay. Is he coming? Yeah. He hasn't been good this series, but is he coming? Oh. It's game six. He was a very real thing, that game six play. Also, from the Steph Curry perspective, they've thrown every defensive look at him ever. I mean, his numbers have still been good in this series, right? You're right, though. There has been some effect there. The Lakers, by, I guess, Steph Curry standards, have been effective on Steph Curry. And yet, there were still times like AD spending time on Curry. In game five, when AD was defending Curry, the Lakers allowed 1.3 points per direct play with him on Curry because of the Curry ball screen, the pick and roll, the Curry Look pick and roll has stats. been very, very effective. When you pull those sorts of stats, how the dare you step stats. into my seat and start throwing stats around like that? How dare you? You told really me to good. be the analyst here. Really I started good. having equipment problems here tonight. You put me in the analyst really role. I good. can do that too. Babe. I yeah. can drive. I can analyze. Let's go. She can drive. She can shoot. She can play some defense. She gives you a little bit. She's like Jalen Brunson out there. She's giving you a little bit of everything. Chris in Florida. We've got a huge game seven, not just a big matchup in game six tonight in LA. Huge game seven Sunday in Boston. The Celtics extend the series. What do you make Celtics Sixers? Are the Sixers going to be able to come back and pull it off? Hey, I appreciate you guys taking my call. Um, I'm a Sixers fan, was actually down down bad last night, but then reflecting today, and I think they do. I think they're going to win game seven. You've already won two in Boston, so why can't you win a third? Doc Rivers, he's due. Like, he can't make it. Blown leads, like, he's due. He's going to finally win one. Uh, Embiid will have his MVP moment. And most importantly, the damn Corgi on Twitter said Sixers and seven. Got to trust the Corgi that's on Twitter. Appreciate you guys taking my call. Great phone the call. Corgi's been unbelievable. Great. That, that Corgi's red hot. I should just And if be that Corgi if that Corgi's place. right, then it's Warriors in seven too, I believe, right? 
I think that's what the Corgi has as well. I, yeah. I'm going to apologize. I haven't been tracking everything the Corgi has had to say <laughs> over the last few weeks. I would was, say it, was, it would be. It was also, it was also uh, Warriors coming back from a 3-1 deficit, too. So the Corgi might just nail this. Was that projection before the series started? Yes. Yes. The Corgi said the Warriors would be down 3-1 yes. and then come, and come back and win? and win the series. Yes. Yeah. All right, I'm going to be completely well, honest. Nose. I've kind of been they, lying. They, I don't for, know what for, this corgi is. Okay, so if you guys don't know what we're talking about, then, like, apparently, Joe, which you I was just lying. revealed, there's a video on the internet. There's a corgi. They throw a ball at him, a basketball. He hits it with his nose into a trash can. One trash can is labeled Warriors. One trash can is labeled Lakers. And so he does it, of course, for a seven-game series. And oh. he has correctly so far predicted exactly how that series has gone. Damn, man. That doesn't look good for people in my line of work who do predictions for a living if some dog is out there. He's also way cuter than, than any of us. Yeah, that... that and that, hel- that helps. That helps the that analysis, helps. I think. Yeah, There's Absolutely so many people out helps. there worried about AI taking their job. I'm going to lose my job to a, a damn dog. A damn corgi, <laughs> a no corgi. less. But, but you know what? At least it's a cute dog. I, how about this? Dog. If somehow, some way, the Sixers survive Game 7 and Miami either closes it out or Miami wins in 7... We got a nice little show battle. You're heating my Sixers. Like, that would be true. incredible for the show. Oh, okay. So all of a sudden you're going to start claiming the Sixers then in that scenario? You, you and I know each other a little bit. We're, we're getting more comfortable with each other. What you will come to find out with me is that over the course of a season, I will bash my team right up until they're at a point where the entire country's behind them, and then I'm back on the train. Typical bandwagon fan. With the Phillies, the second they got to the NLCS, I couldn't stop talking about the Phillies. I was gushing over them. Same thing with the Eagles. They're not going to get it done. They're overrated. They stink. This is, they're going to blow it. Hurts isn't that good. Then they went to the NBA. Then they went to the, the Super Bowl, and boom, just like that, I was on the train. And then I pick against them when they're in the Super Bowl so I can win one way. It's all, it, I got a whole system. You're going to learn whole, the system. <laughs> There's a science to it. Got it. There's a science to it. We'll explain some of that, but we do want to talk about Game 7 and everything in between. Bryce Parker and everyone on hold, you guys are up next. Triple H, say ESPN. It is your time to speak to the nation. Triple H, say ESPN. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Miami 61, the New York Knicks 56. Just over six minutes to go in the third quarter of what has so far been, without a shadow of a doubt, the best game in this series. Knicks trailing three games to two, trying to stay alive and force a game seven. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Happy Friday. Welcome to the show. Let's make you some money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Oh, this one's going to break me. Game seven, Sunday, Boston, laying seven against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, It's too many points. I'm taking Philadelphia. There's a chance I get the double dip here, which means my Sixers not only lose and get eliminated, but they get beat by eight or more, and I end up losing money as well. So be it. Bottom line, it comes down to this. I think the spread is too big for how erratic this Boston team has been throughout the course of the playoffs. Game five against Atlanta, they're at home. They have a chance to close it out. They blow it in the second half. They don't. Game one, they're facing the Sixers without Joel Embiid. They lose. They've looked really good at times. They've looked really bad at other times. They are not the same Celtics team from a year ago. Enter the Philadelphia 76ers who shot 36% from the floor in game six. I didn't even know that was possible. That's how bad that is. I didn't think in an NBA game, let alone a playoff game, a team could shoot 36%. They're going to be better. They're going to find a way to at least keep it close. 
Final pizza money of the night, Sixers plus seven over the Celtics. Amber Wilson. We always ask my predictions. Who the hell is going to win that game seven on Sunday? Uh, That's kind of anybody's guess in that series, right? I guess the one thing I keep going back to is how terrible Jason Tatum was for the first 43 minutes of that game in game six. Like he quite literally didn't bother to show up to that game until the last five minutes of that game. He decided, okay, you know, maybe I'll start shooting some basketballs and making some baskets here. And it was pretty remarkable. One for 14 from the field during the first 43 minutes of game six. Then he ended up being the key difference maker there down the stretch in the last five minutes during a time when you had Joel Embiid and James Harden start to wilt down the stretch at the same time. That's why Boston was able to stay alive. I can't imagine Jason Tatum is going to sleepwalk through the first three quarters of the game again. And so if you get a good game from Tatum, which he needs to show up, I think there's quite a bit of pressure on Jason Tatum. Frankly, we're talking about a player who forgot to show up in the NBA Finals last season. You could argue for somebody who most people consider a superstar. You need to show up in order to just get your team back to a conference finals. I think he'll do that in game seven. I think that because of that, I guess I'll go with the Boston Celtics. But I also All think right. I could. The problem is I could also see Joel Embiid being like, yo, I'm the MVP. I need to have that big moment and, and, and showing up as well. This one's a toss up. Yes, good. Be the MVP. I don't care what you did in the regular season. Be the MVP in the playoffs. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Uh, If you have not seen it, and this doesn't matter if you're a hockey fan or not, you are going to have to get a look at what happened in this Toronto Maple Leafs game. They're down three games to one against the Florida Panthers. They're at home. We all know they're cursed. They were down 2-0. They made it 2-1. They scored what looked, looked, looked to be the equalizer On review, the officials say no goal. The review very clearly looks to be a goal. It is going to be an epic disaster. Not saying the city's going to burn. We wouldn't want to see that. But, James, you've seen it. How bad was this? I have no idea how they reviewed that and came to the conclusion that it was no goal. That was, like, you saw white, uh, white between the puck and the red line. I... I'm I'm baffled that that was a no goal. It's going to so be. You just need the Panthers. Gonna, you need the Panthers to score another one. Then it won't be a story. But if they yeah. don't score another one, no, it should end two. I want story. it to end two one. I want to. I want to see what happens when it ends two one. And then I want to see what Madlack has to say after all his commentary making fun of me earlier. But that's neither here nor there. You can check <laughs> all right. that conversation out on the Joe and Amber podcast, which you can find at all your fancy podcast stores and shops earlier in the show we were having a conversation predicated on the comments of one sauce Gardner of the new york jets he was asked if he was feeling any pressure this year with aaron Rodgers as his quarterback to paraphrase no he's not feeling any pressure so we had a conversation about the teams feeling the most pressure heading into the 2023 season we broke a lot of them down we've asked you to call i see bryce parker and others on hold we're coming to you in just a moment but we didn't get amber's opinion yet 32 NFL teams. Who's feeling the most pressure in 2023? The most? I've to this down to one team. I think there's a lot of teams feeling the pressure in 2023. I think that the... Oh gosh, I'm whittling it down to we one. We will give you I mean, the I, opportunity to say more than one, but if no, you had to pick I, I, one I before go, you laid out the others. Okay, I was debating between going with the Ravens or going with the Chargers. I'll go Chargers for this reason. I Chargers. think if the Chargers fail to have success in the postseason once again, then you're actually going to see changes made, right? I don't think Brandon Staley maintains his job there as the head coach. I think that you'd have significant changes there, at least in terms of the coaching staff, if that was to be the case. 
in Baltimore, I think there's a lot of pressure because Lamar just got paid. And the whole thing around Lamar has also been, hey, do it in the postseason. He hasn't really been doing it in the postseason. It's time, if you're paid like that, to go ahead and do it in the postseason and do it to the tune of championships in the postseason. But at the same time, if he fails to do so, what really happens? Like, nothing. Nothing happens. I'm getting rid of that coach. Then I get rid of that quarterback. Like, what's really True. happening? So what's really the consequence? I guess that's how I judge pressure. When I think of the Chargers and pressure, when I think of the Chargers at all, I think of the famous comment from Logan Roy in the show Secession. Do you watch Secession? I don't. Okay, you don't. For anyone who does watch Secession, Logan Roy has said this a few times in the show. All of his kids are battling for his empire, yada, yada, yada. And when they have these conversations, he always says the same thing to them. I love you, but you are not serious people. That's what he tells his own kids. I love you, but you are not serious people. That's what I think of when I think of the San Diego Chargers, now known as the Los Angeles Chargers, of course. That's a dollar to the jar. They are not serious people when we talk about contenders in the NFL. Bryce in California, we appreciate you waiting on hold. Bryce, welcome to the show. What's the team with the most pressure entering the season? Um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and say the Detroit Lions, due to the fact that they haven't won a division title since 93. Um, There's no more excuse that you have Aaron Rodgers in the league. And nobody really takes Minnesota seriously. So with the record that Detroit had last year, um, you know, the playmakers that they have um, on defense and offense, I think it's time for them to finally grab uh, the NFC North division and, and take control of it for good. I like Appreciate the phone call. I like it. I, I like it because I agree with it as well because, because of the changes, like he said, there in that division. And also people are so hot on the Lions. I feel like they've been hot on the Lions since last season. And it's time for them to then deliver if you're so hot on the Lions, right? I think the schedule makers absolutely jobbed the Lions by sending them to Arrowhead on Thursday night in week one. They haven't had anything to root for in Detroit for 30 years. And the most excited they've been about a season this season, in 30 years, they opened at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Since Mahomes became the starting quarterback there in week one, they're 5-0 and straight up, they're 4-1 against the spread, they're averaging 38 points per game, and they're winning those games by an average of 13 points per game. They annihilate their week one opponents. Like, if you're Detroit, how the hell is that the way you start your season? Parker in West Virginia. Parker, we're up against it a bit. Shoot your shot. Who do you got? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I've heard a lot about Rodgers with the Jets, and I've heard a lot about Buffalo, but I want to stay in that same division with those mammals down in Miami. Talk about the Dolphins. Uh, They bring in Jalen Ramsey, an all-pro corner, to try to beef up that passing defense that was bottom five in the league last year and uh, yards given up per game. And just the questions with Tua. He's a fourth-year quarterback who, after that last concussion, was uh, debating retirement. So who knows what his headspace is in. Uh, with all the pros that they brought in. Parker, I got to jump in. We appreciate it. We're up against it, though. Great thoughts. I want to hear Amber's thoughts on this. Parker's calling out your Dolphins. I I agree with Parker, though. Actually, there's a lot of pressure with Tua. They did not give him an extension. I do think that there is pressure on the Miami Dolphins this season. I'm glad he called. I'm glad he mentioned them. I'm sorry we had to cut them off early because we are up against it. Lakers, Warriors, Game 6, right here, ESPN Radio. We're Joe and Amber. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.